Welcome back to the Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and today is season two, episode five. We get to talk to Miss Bianca Davis. Bianca is an amazing human being, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear her story. She offers kink therapy four-month online courses with group mentorship programs. She helps people listen to and understand the language of their own bodies so they can feel more pleasure, intimacy, and more safety. Her background is a, as a therapy yoga teacher, a Reiki healer, a personal trainer, a behavior change wellness coach, and also a professional dominatrix. Her healing journey has helped inspired her tremendously and it just it made her refuse to give up. She always sought to go deeper and she figured out that mind-body healing was possible when she was healing her own trauma and stress-induced narcolepsy during her four-week yoga teacher training intensive. I'm super excited to hear more about all of this for you guys to get to meet her and hear from her. So let's go talk to Miss Bianca, shall we? All right, friends, I told you about my beautiful friend, Miss Bianca Davis. She is here live and hot in the building, and we are going to get right down on into it. So, Bianca, thank you for coming on today. I'm super stoked to get to talk to you and have everybody learn about what it is you do. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Anytime. And I always say, you're always welcome to come back because sometimes we get involved in conversations where we need like an episode two, three, and four to continue them. So hopefully you'll come back. It will be a lot of fun. Okay. So let's jump in. So you do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted, to, I know in your notes that you said that you started out as a holistic wellness coach, and then that somehow turned into something else that looked like a weight loss coach and then went to something else from there. So just jump on in and let, let's start there. So you started out as a holistic wellness coach. How did that come about? And then how did you transition into where you're at today? So I started as a yoga teacher exclusively and then a personal trainer and then a holistic wellness coach. And because there was just a gap that needed to be bridged between the hour that I see someone and the other 23 hours of their life. Right. Um, but I joined like a coaching mastermind for fitness professionals. And, and I just kind of got lost. Everyone was telling me I had to do it this way, or this is the way that is successful, or this is the way that works. And now you'll make $10,000 a month. If you, if you follow this formula, right. And, you know, kind of was kind of told there was other people like me in the group, but it seemed that everybody focused on weight loss because it was a selling point that you could see. Right. Right. And so it was, it was easy. People who want to lose weight are looking for people to help them. It's a, it's a very easy thing. And so I just, I did that. I did what I thought would be easy. I decided that what other people wanted or needed was what I should conform to. And that's kind of a theme that's been kind of running through my life. Actually, I say that out loud now, I realize that that's, um, that's been a theme. Okay. <laughs> um, and one that I'm actually working through at this moment. So that's actually very interesting. Um, but I realized it just wasn't fulfilled. Like I didn't want to just talk about food and fitness because to me, those things were so superficial. Uh, the things that were really important to me were the things that people couldn't see. 
um, things like emotions and trauma. And I'm a person that on the surface, people used to think I was this very happy-go-lucky you know, person, but inside there was so much going on that you couldn't see and nobody knew I was struggling. Um, and so I had been living this super secret other life as a professional dominatrix. And questions about that part, but we won't go there yet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I was doing that and I was also doing like other things, but I was doing that. And I I had done that. Mm -hmm. I guess I wasn't doing it at the time. I had done that. Um, it was COVID during all of this time. So I wasn't doing it anymore. Um, and I just didn't feel complete. Like I felt like there was these two sides to me. And I felt like I I've always felt like I'm a bridge between worlds or a bridge between a bridge between anything. Um, and so I'm this kind of weird hodgepodge type character. Like you said, I do a lot of different things. It's because I'm always trying to figure out how to connect a lot of different things. And so I kind of did that through moving through the body. So still being very um, body based with the yoga, but also getting more into the somatic side of things and the the sexuality, all of the stuff that happens in our body around sexuality was something that people weren't really talking about. Right. Um, I, I, I love that. I love that. Sorry, I'm going to jump in here. I love that because in my own um, health journey, if you would, I'm a very firm believer that it's not just about what you eat or how you move your body, but it's also like your spiritual and emotional well-being stuff as well. It's all tied together. And I've never heard of the sexual well-being aspect of it, your sexuality part. So just wanted to throw in there that I love that. I love that you made that connection and you're like, ah, I'm going to fix that. <laughs> well, it's such an important part of our identity as human beings. Like humans are sexual beings. Right. I acknowledge there are some people who are asexual or, or aromantic, this, that, and the other, but humans are sexual beings. We are here because of sex. Right. Uh, and like we spent, it's an, it's a very, Hmm, what's the word? It's a very meaningful part of our lives. And it's also part of our lives that can cause a lot of stress and a lot of problems and a lot of um, unmet desires, frustrations. It can be used for um, good or evil. <laughs> yeah. And, and if we don't talk about what we want, we're never going to be able to get what we want. Right. Right. And so But when two people are going to talk about maybe darker desires or more topics of a more taboo nature, right? Even talking about sex already is taboo. Right, right. Right. A lot of people it is, yeah. (laughs) A little bit, like you blush a little bit, you check to see whose company you're in. Right. Um, And so it's already a bit taboo. And and with a partner and intimate relationship, it should be easy, but it's not for a lot of people. And so instead of just saying, okay, well, this is how you talk to people. That's not what I'm teaching. I'm not teaching you how to do your relationship. How you do your relationship is your own business. What I'm teaching people is what's going on in my body that I desire these things, that I want these things, that I have these thoughts, that I have these fantasies that I can't speak about. What, what is, what is going on? How do I make sense of what's happening inside of me? And 
our world is super distracted and super busy. And so it takes a returning to the body, a dropping in and a getting present and getting really mindful, right? About physical sensations. And that in turn sensitizes you for play the more present and sensitive you can get to your own energy and to your own emotions, you're also becoming more sensitive to sensuality, right? This is all, it's all very sensual. It's all very tantric in nature in terms of increasing sensitivity, but it's not like, so it's kind of like a, a, like realizing and recognizing what it is you're feeling and why you're feeling makes you more open to accepting yeah. And it's very, okay. it's, it's self intimacy. Okay. There was a long period of time where people asked me like, well, what do you want in life? And I didn't know. I didn't know I was allowed to, to want something, Right. you know? And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I shut myself out. I, like I said, this theme of me trying to conform to other people and me like, okay, well, what do you need? And what do you need? People pleasing, right? People pleasing and perfectionism is a really, um, it's a really interesting uh, combination. But what happened is I didn't know myself. And I have some traumas and things that happened when I was young that made it that dissociation was a really normal thing for me to do, a really normal coping. And so I just didn't know myself. I thought I knew myself but I didn't know I wasn't intimate with myself. Right. Is that something that you run into like on a regular basis? Cause I can see where the people pleasing and wanting to make sure everybody's taken care of and happy and has everything that they need. Da, 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 how sometimes that can be a distraction from acknowledging and dealing with our own, our own shit, <laughs> you know, the, our own stuff that's in there. Is that something that you run into a lot with the people that you work with? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's always easier to look at somebody else's problems than look at what's going on inside. It's much more, it, it creates a physical reaction. And so that physical reaction triggers an aversion. And so we're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Let's not do that. And so we distract and we go and we do other things. But what I want people to know is that like, no, we can go inside of that. Like that sensation, that little knot, that ball of energy you feel that feels uncomfortable like there's a story in there there's a lesson in there there's something to be learned if you just understood the way your body spoke if you could tap into that you're everything you need to know all of the wisdom is already inside of your body right yeah I, I totally get that I totally get that I love that okay okay so how <laughs> How, the how, what, and why. So, so you came to this, you know, acknowledgement within yourself that you weren't aligned and you weren't happy with what you were doing. There was something missing and you became this bridge for it. So how did you know that that was what you were going to bridge to? How did that come about for you? Well, because it was really freaking hard. Uh, I had to deal with a lot. Like I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to come out I was happy to have a secret identity and do this work, but I realized I wouldn't trust me to lead me if I wasn't integrated, right? If I wasn't 
um, whole, if I wasn't accepting of all the parts of myself. And so that was the work I had to do. What? How can you teach if you're not practicing what you're preaching kind of thing? Yeah. And so there was a lot of, a lot of fear around my family and what other people would think. I'm from Waco, Texas, which is a really conservative Southern Baptist town. Um, and I grew up Catholic. So um, purity culture was double whammy. <laughs> purity culture stuff, family stuff. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And it really was dropping into support from like women around me who were like, no, like they, they saw it in me. They're like, no, you have the thing. Like you have the pieces. Right. You need to put it out there. Um, and dealt with a lot of, um, kind of imposter stuff. Like, you know, it's not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. They're like, yes, but if you do it, you'll get there. And, um, so that's, that's what happened. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine like that is a double whammy of, of all of those parts mm-hmm. to be like, Oh no, here, this is me. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so it was hard. You got through it, came out on the other end of it. Now go into what it is that you're doing now. Once you have those pieces together, what does that final puzzle look like? right now obviously in life everything is always evolving and getting better growing adapting that kind of thing but what does that that big puzzle piece look like now with all of your pieces together in this point in time yeah I mean it's a map right it's um it's it's literally a map it's a step-by-step roadmap to um exactly the steps that I did in the right order. Cause I did all of the steps. I didn't necessarily do them in the most logical order the first time through. Um, I did them as I had them, right. I did what I could when I could. Right. Um, I struggled a lot with my mental health after an abusive relationship in my like mid to late mid mid twenties, um, that left me really lost, right. That was the point at which I couldn't not know myself anymore. That was kind of the awakening was like, I was an empty shell of a human being that didn't know who I was anymore at all. And so I went on this journey of what I will now call kink therapy, um, where I found BDSM. Uh, I found a community of people in BDSM. I knew it was something that I was interested in, but I'd never really explored. What, is that, um, what does that mean for anybody that's, that's listening that is not familiar with this aspect of things? So I hope I don't screw it up because there's, so it's um, bondage and submission and also sadism for the S and then dominance and discipline for the D. So it's either bondage and discipline or sadomasochism or dominance submission. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, So I found that uh, and I started to just dive head first into this. And I had already had a yoga practice at the time and I had already had a meditation practice at the time, which was a really... (sighs) 
I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing at the time that I was doing it a hundred percent of the time. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Some of the things I would just do intuitively because that's what I had already had experience with. And then I just accidentally put them together and found that, um, that along with a lot of compassionate self-inquiry, um, could get you really far. Um, but that piece came much later. So there was a few years in the making where I was, <laughs> didn't, I was still very lost, right? I didn't have the map. Um, and then I, when I added the last piece, I was able to be like, oh, right, this is the logical order of things. And so I don't know if you're asking about the order of things or if you were just wondering what that looks like. I'm interested in all of it. <laughs> so whatever part you want to share about it, I, um, yeah, I find it very interesting and intriguing. And like I said, I love that you're bringing that aspect into the healing process for people kind of thing. So I want to know about all of it. So share what you want about whichever part. <laughs> so, um, so for me, actually spirituality and science come first, okay. right? Science and spirituality come together for us to create a safety, right? So for me, the goals of kink and the goals of kink therapy are safety and freedom, safety okay. within the nervous system, safety within the mind, safety from the self, safety from others, right? All of this comes first before we can start doing any of the ex the fun, like exploration and sexploration stuff that comes with this. It's, I know, and I, you probably know too, that there's a whole bunch of people walking around with trauma they haven't dealt with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I want to say like 95% of people I know. <laughs> right. So as much as I process or not dealing with it all. <laughs> right. And so as much as I would love to tell people like, yes, just go pick up a flogger and like, go have fun. Right. Like, I know that's not smart. I did that. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not smart. Um, could you do that and not get hurt? Sure. Would you have as much fun? Would you have as much benefit? Would you be able to have a spiritual sexual experience where you are one with each other, where you are one with the divine right. without having some kind of like prepper, right? Like <laughs> some kind of preparation. Gotcha. Um, and so, and you can get hurt, right? There's in, yeah. in, the, in the BDSM community, there's, there's words, we, we use the word trigger, right? But in this community, you might say landmine. And a landmine is a trigger that re-traumatizes and is really not a good situation. There's ways to deal with it and there's smart ways to deal with it. But if you get into that situation and you don't know how to deal with it and you're there, it it's, blows up everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what it sounds like. <laughs> right. So for me, it's really important that we start with creating safety in the nervous system, because like I said, a lot of us are walking around with trauma. We don't know we have, and right. we're pretending we don't. I pretended I didn't have any for a really long time. And I'm like, oh, that well runs very deep. Uh, <laughs> but like, so creating safety in the body, creating um, a healthy energy practice. So being able to start the process of figuring out what is my energy 
and what is not my energy, right? Like what, what is somebody else's energy that maybe is just attached itself to you kind of thing or do that somebody else that you're sharing the experience with is or when let's say we're in a group situation, just for example, and I start to feel funny, but I don't mind feeling funny. Okay. Is, am I feeling funny because of there's something within me or is there something in my environment that is making me just starting a sensitization, right? So we're creating safety, but we're also entering this world of discernment. Okay. Where I'm starting to get a little more mindful, create a little more separation, start to become a little more aware. So it's really gentle. And then um, we do some grounding and some nervous system regulation practices right out of the gate. Because as we go through this, I want people to be prepared. I want people to have their action plan for future, you know, future situations. And so we only ever default to our highest level of training, not to our highest level of of study or whatever the quote is. And so you got to practice from the beginning, like grounding and really standing in your energy. Um, And then we move. Oh yeah. And then we also talk about compulsion and desire which is my way of my, I like to look at that as bondage. Okay. So if we are living and we don't know, we have trauma and we keep acting out the same patterns over and over and over again, we're not free. We're in bondage. We're in bondage to what, to our own nervous system. Right. And would you, so in that aspect of that, do you teach that there's a difference between compulsion and desire? So the compulsion part would just be the unknowingly repeating those patterns and doing things versus what it is you really want. It's, it's the, it's the moment when it's like, well, I don't really want to do this thing. Let's say I eat a sleeve of Oreos every night, for example. Feel so called out right now. <laughs> I was say this is such a bad example, but like, such a bad example. I'm totally teasing. I'm totally teasing. <laughs> Let's say I eat a sleeve of Oreos every night and I don't like that I eat the sleeve of Oreos every night. And yet every night I eat the sleeve of Oreos and you're like, man, I want to stop eating the sleeve of Oreos. And then you eat the sleeve of Oreos and you're like, I wish I didn't do this. And you eat the sleeve of Oreos, right? This is, this is the compulsion. This is the pattern, right? And this is bondage. You're not free. You are bound by your nervous system and what your nervous system feels safe to do. And for you, that is a very safe and comforting activity. That is what your body needs because it doesn't want to do something else. I love that. That was like such a clear and on point explanation of that. Thank you for that. Welcome. And just, just know, I don't need to sleep with Oreos every night, maybe like once a month one night I will do that. <laughs> I literally can't keep them in my house. I used to keep them in my house and I had like a snack cabinet of things that was out away. Yeah. And I would go and I'd get one, I'd get two Oreos <laughs> and then I would go back and get another one. Yeah. I I've given up I on that. Can't. I just, I do like five to eight in one sitting. So I only buy them when it's that time of month and I know mm-hmm. I'm going to them. So that's my little splurge thing, <laughs> but no, I get that. I get that hundred percent. Okay. So, so you have this process that you go through 
So that was step one of the process. Oh, that was just step one. Okay. That was, that was like step one of the process. I don't need to go through all of it, but that was like, that's where we start. That's okay. where we start. So we can get to, right. So the final step is looking at each of the letters in BDSM, like we talked about and what do they mean? Right. And looking at the energetics of power dynamics, which is really erotic and really fun and can create a lot of intimacy in your relationship. And the way that I look at this, there's a, there's a step in the middle where we talk about polarity, which I don't know if you're familiar with polarity. You see it a lot, talked, talked about a lot these days within the masculine and the feminine. Yes. Okay. The way I look at polarity is within the dominance and the submission. Okay. I don't care if it's masculine or feminine. There, feminine can be dominant or submissive and the masculine can be dominant or submissive. It really doesn't matter. They're all slightly different expressions of that, but we look at that polarity. Okay. And I think it's super, I think it's super important for people to experience both sides of it. I'm, I'm what they call a switch. So I worked as a dominatrix, but I started as a submissive and I still am a submissive in my um, relationship, my romantic relationship. Um, and so I think that's a really valuable experience that I want people to be able to explore if they want to. And so this is for people who have no experience in BDSM or people who are in BDSM already or kinky lifestyles, alternative lifestyle communities uh, already, and they want to really kind of go deeper um, in a trauma-informed, embodied way. Um, and so there are people out there who are like, well, I'm dominant and I will never be submissive. And they're just missing out on a whole range of experiences. And there's something going on that if you're not even willing to try, there's something going on, right? Some sort of undealt with emotion, trauma, energy, feeling that you've got going on that's causing that reaction. Yeah. Okay. So what if people that were listening were not a part of any alternative um, groups, lifestyles, kink stuff? Um, I'm totally flubbing how you just said it. If they weren't a part of any of that kind of stuff existing. <laughs> I just said words. I just said a bunch of words. <laughs> no, you said it in a way better way. Um, what would... So if, you know, Betty Crocker is in the audience listening to this episode and she's like, I have no idea about any of that stuff. I don't know anything, but listening to you explain what kink therapy is that you're, that you're offering, because I'm sure that if there's other people offering it, everybody does it differently, just like in any other industry. No one else offering. No one's offering. Okay. Well, that solves that one right there. So what if they're listening to how you're explaining how you do this process and it touches something in them and they're like, maybe I should get in touch with Bianca and check this out. Like, is that okay? Or yeah. are you just doing this with certain groups of people? No, this is 100%, 100% for people who have absolutely no idea what this is. And they maybe are like, so 50 shades of gray was like kind of cool, but like, right. I, would never, I, would <laughs> never, I would never, I would never, like, if you're like, I would never, but like, oh, but I, maybe. Maybe. Like, if you're that person like yeah. call me 
Um, message me on Instagram and we'll set up a call. Um, and we'll set up a Zoom call. You'll see me, you'll talk to me. I'm a real person. Um, and I deeply, deeply want you to have the experiences in life that I have had. Um, they have been profoundly healing um, and absolutely like activating and like awakening for me to really just see, I just see the world differently now because, because of these lenses that I'm able to look through. And I think if we think about it, power dynamics are really at play in any human relationship, whether you want them to, or are aware of it or not. So it's a really important thing in business, in relationships and families. Right. And so to be able to put a vocabulary to some of these things, now we're talking about it in an erotic way, right? Not a, not a, not a just power for power's sake way. We're, we're talking about this power to create intimacy and polarity and attraction. It's not a boardroom takeover discussion. (laughs) No, but you'll start to understand. And when you start to be able to read your energy and read your partner's energy, then you can start reading other people's energy. And that's where it's really fun. So you can start to pick up if once you're really comfortable within your, your energy, you, and you're sensitive to that, you'll become sensitive to what is not yours and you'll be able to see what's around you. And that's, that's really fun. And you can take that into every aspect of your life. Oh yeah, most definitely. That's just listening to your intuition. Mm-hmm. And in a very deep level. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I love that. Okay. Okay. So, so how did you come up with the term kink therapy for this? And do you think that um, your experiences as a professional dominatrix helped influence it turning into all of this? Yeah. I hope those questions made sense. <laughs> they do make sense. So why I became a professional dominatrix to begin with was because I had had these profoundly healing experiences through kink after my trauma. And I went through kink and I was like, wow, this, I'm a different, I'm a different person. Like I, I don't have a vocabulary for this. You know, this is just, and I dove in, I did all, I did all the research. I'm such a nerd like that. Um, but then I realized that for me, all I've ever wanted to do is help people. And I have felt a lot of pain. I've struggled a lot with my mental health over the course of my life. And I just don't want people to suffer. I don't want people to feel pain. I know that I can't prevent that from happening, but if I can give someone the tools and the resources and the techniques and processes to be able to work with it and kind of move through acceptance and and embodiment and then being able to energetically let it go, like literally get it out of your body because it stays in your body. Yeah. So to be able to get it out and have an outlet for your creativity, like I wanted people to have that experience. And so I became a dom so that I could give those experiences to people. And interestingly enough, I'm actually um, doing it again and I'm now offering um, BDSM healing sessions. Um, so that's a whole different conversation for a totally different day. Um, but it, it did it did come full circle. Um, so Sounds like that's going to be episode two. The first, the first question was that. What was the, that was the second question. What was the first question? 
um, how you came up with the, oh, the therapy, term. like the term kink therapy. Um, cause I'm sure that you get this a lot where people are like, oh my gosh, yeah. Dominatrix, you're doing kink therapy. Like, what is this? Like, you know, I get a lot of people within the kink community asking me if I'm a real therapist and what my qualifications are to teach this. Um, and I am not a therapist. I am not a licensed mental health professional counselor in any way. I'm a coach uh, and I have struggles and I have worked as a dominatrix. And a lot of this is intuition. A lot of this is yoga, a lot of yoga and mindfulness and meditation and putting it together. Um, and it's a lot of lived experience. And so the term kink therapy dropped into my head. Literally, I didn't think of it. Like I, I can't, I was having a conversation with someone in my local community and I said, you know, I would be interested in maybe um, having a table at this event, but do you have vendors that don't sell products and they have services? And he was like, well, what would you, what would you teach? And I was like, well, kink therapy. And he was like, yeah, I think that's, and he, he asked to tell him about it. And so I told him about it. And he, so it, I just said it, like, I just, I was just trying to come up with a way to explain what I did. Yeah. I didn't. And I just thought of something descriptive really. And so I said it and then I said it to somebody else and it teeth were hooked, right? It, there's shock value to the name. It, it, it definitely creates interest. It's, I say it's not that kinky as kind of a joke because it's, it's really about understanding your body and your energy, but how that interrelates with intimacy and relationships. And yes, there's also kink in it. Right. So uh, right, but that part doesn't come until you've done the healing and the knowing what you're doing for yourself part. It's just, it's, it's my responsibility, right? I want, I want people to be safe as a, as a dominatrix, it's your responsibility to create safety for people. Right. And so I don't want to hurt anybody, um, ever <laughs> don't have a mean bone in my body really. Um, and it's funny how I, it's, that's a whole nother conversation, but I'm honestly, I'm a very nice Dom, uh, <laughs> And so, but it's, it's the dominant's responsibility to, to care for the submissive. Right. And so I just, in that role, I have started to think about what is the most responsible way to do this. And I've questioned some of my own responsibility in the work that I do. And that's, that's another conversation, but, um, yeah, if I could, if I could, teach people to do this responsibly. I don't have to do it in a session with someone. I can teach someone the tools to have the safety and then the other tools so that right. they can go have the fun. Right. Okay. So <laughs> um, that brings me to my next question for you or sparks the next question for you, which is, so if nobody else is offering this, you're yeah. the only one doing this this way. Do you think that you will ever get to a point where you will teach people these tools of how to do this and then like um, train people? I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. <laughs> I, yes, that's, that's my vision. Yeah. Um, 
That's my vision. I'm working through my own limiting beliefs. Cause when I say that I'm like, but I'm not a therapist. Like how many times a day I tell myself you can't call it kink therapy because you're not a therapist. People will get confused. Like the number of times a day I have that conversation in my head, it still happens, Yeah. but I've just gotten better at being like, no, it's like retail therapy or Choco therapy, whatever. Right. It's it's therapeutic. Um, and it is, and if you try it, you'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, no, I think that that would, that would be awesome. I could totally see that. Like, you know, I also teach, I could totally see where people are going to be like, oh yes, I am. Um, I am Roberta Scott and I am a kink therapy coach. Yeah. I have been trained from the amazing Bianca Davis. I love that. I also, (laughs) I also teach, um, naked yoga goddess gatherings on the new moons. And I've been thinking that I want to teach other people to, to teach that and take it all over the United States. I'm looking at a 2022 tour if you will, of taking naked yoga goddess gatherings. It's, I need to come up with a better word because it really doesn't roll off the tongue very well. That's fantastic. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that that's awesome. Okay. Okay. Well, um, we are coming up close to our time, Mark. Um, I still have so many questions though. I'll just have to message them to you on Instagram. Um, Okay. So we've already talked about ideally this is for anybody that mm-hmm. is interested in in doing this healing and this kind of work um just because it's called kink therapy does not mean that it's like woohoo you're gonna go in and get tied up by bianca and spanked on the bum no that stuff is not what's going on here <laughs> no it's it's definitely about creating space for only what you want like right. the consent consent is the number one thing in the kink community and the kink anything it's, it has to be about enthusiastic consent so well I remember when I first heard you talking about it, it was like kink therapy that was kind of where my mind went with it was like okay like anything I've ever heard about kink stuff it, it involves that kind of thing um so I have absolutely loved getting to hear more about it and that's why I was like, okay, I, I want to know more about this stuff because that's what your mind instantly goes to, but it's really so much more than that. And I love that you're taking something and turning it from, you know, taking something and making it to where it's like healing, deal with the trauma, get in touch with yourself and who you are and what you want so that in the end you can go and do whatever kink kind of thing that you want to do and actually really enjoy it and get the fullest out of that experience because you have healed and done the work to get to that point. Yeah. And I actually had a, a kink aware therapist. Those are, that's a, that's a tag you can have as a therapist. You can be kink aware. Uh, And I went to this kink aware therapist and all he did was tell me I shouldn't do kink. He told me that I had unhealthy attachment styles and therefore I should not do kink. Some people could practice BDSM, but I should not. And I didn't, I think, I didn't think that was okay. No, did you fire him? I did fire him. Yeah, I did fire him. Um, He was, was, uh, this is the whole thing, but um, no, he was not very nice. Uh, But that doesn't make sense to be that kind of a therapist and not have a safe place. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, for me, this is about empowering people. Sorry. 
empowering people to take their healing into their own hands. Like, yes, please go to therapy if you want or need to go to therapy. Please do that. But if you want to be able to understand when you're not in that hour, right? It's the same with the fitness we talked about in the beginning. If you're, if you want to be able to have more self-understanding, self-awareness, more tools and access to insight for your body's own wisdom and really be empowered to say, okay, I want to go into a process today. I want to heal this story and not need somebody else to do it and know that you're going to be able to come out safe. Because when I first started doing this work, I would be afraid to go into it because I didn't know if I'd be able to pull myself out. Right. And so that's why there's a map (laughs) so that you don't get stuck. (laughs) I love it. Okay. I'm, I'm totally digging this. Thank you for sharing all of this with me today. I, I know, um, well, not just with me, but with the listeners as well. Um, as we get close to wrapping up here, what is something that you have coming up that you would like people to know about, um, any cool things you've got going on? I'm sure there are. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually opening kink therapy up for one-on-one, um, one-on-one coaching because I understand that some people have more needs for privacy and they don't necessarily want to share in a group context. Um, and so in honoring those individuals, I decided to open it up for one-on-one. And then also I, I I really want to touch on this because I think that there are some women who might be afraid to share this in a community of men, but this work is the feminine work. And it's deeply important for me, for the men to also learn from the women. So maybe this doesn't mean in my course, but this is something I want women to, to know is that the men are learning from us at this point in time. Like the women have had their, the women are having a moment right now. We are all kind of rising and stepping forward and we're having a moment and the men are not quite there, but they are looking to us and they are learning from us. And they also need to learn to deal, not to deal with, but to, they need to be able to peacefully embody their feminine as well. It's, it's super important for them because otherwise they're going to continue to have the same wounding patterns with the feminine enacted. And that's the thing that's over here. That's, you know, uh, the women are like, but why aren't the men like this? Because they haven't healed their feminine wounds. So. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're doing one-on-one coaching. One-on-one yeah. for kink therapy. Um, and then if anybody is in Texas, I do new moon, um, naked yoga goddess gatherings, uh, in the Houston area. Okay. excuse me I'll make sure that I put all of this I tried so good today to like hit the mute button in time for things and it's just not working out but (laughs) Um, so I'll make sure that I put this information in your episode details that you're doing the one-to-one coaching um, kink coaching did I say that right kink Kink therapy coaching therapy it's the same as the group mentorship program it's the same material it's just one-on-one and then the group coaching We'll start, we'll kick off on May the 4th and run through summer. Okay. Okay. And then the, the, um, I don't think you sent me the information for the moon goddess stuff. No, I didn't. 
I'll have you send me that and I'll add that in there too. Cause I know a couple of people in Texas. I know a couple of people in Texas who love to do yoga and would, would probably, I think that they would be like, yeah, I want to go do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll make sure I have the info in there. All right. Well, um, let's, let's go with, I'll have this information in your episode details. What would be your final parting thought for anybody that is just hearing about kink therapy for the very first time listening to this episode? What would be a final parting thought that you would leave them with? I know this is a good one, huh? <laughs> shouldn't be boring. <laughs> sex, sex shouldn't be boring. Sex should not be boring. Sex should Say that be louder for the people in the back, please. Sex should not be boring. <laughs> like, honestly, the way there are so many ways to have sex that do not involve like putting a penis in a vagina, right. like so many ways. And that's what BDSM is. It doesn't have to be this big, scary place with leather and chains and whips. Like it doesn't have to be that. Like it is as much or as little as you want it to be. You can bring in your own elements. There's as many different expressions of BDSM and kink as there are people who practice it. So it's not a big scary place. It's a really, it's like a playground. It's an adult playground that is like a magical wonderland of anything you could wanna do. Literally the possibilities are endless. You can have so much fun. I love it. That is a fantastic final thought. <laughs> So, okay. Well, thank you, Miss Bianca, for being here. And I would love to have you come back and we can talk about some of those other things that you were like, that's a whole nother conversation. We, we can have yeah, as sure. as you would like. I'm totally down for that. Cool, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, and to our listeners, thank you for listening in. Thank you for being here. Make sure you give Miss Bianca a, a follow over on Instagram. Go connect with her. Go check out her website. Go check out her courses. If you're in Texas, go go do the, the naked full moon yoga goddess stuff and come back and share with us all how much you loved it and how awesome it was. Go and connect, do the things. We'll see you guys next time. Hey friends, are we having fun yet? If you like what you're hearing here on the Picture It podcast, I'd ask for you to do a girl a solid. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button up there. Go ahead and turn on your notifications. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. If you would like to connect with me to say hi, to give me some topic ideas, or to come on as a guest speaker, please do. You can connect with me on Facebook or on Instagram at jwilsonpix. That's J-W-I-L-S-O-N-P-I-X.